friends, welcome to episode 190 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm Sarah. And I'm Rob. How we doing, Rob? You know, as per usual, it is the holiday season, and that means various levels of stress yeah. and, and disorganization but honestly i think we were able to pull through tonight so yeah i think so yeah. happy yule happy yule to you so happy solstice for those else uh, out there as merry well merry christmas uh we're a couple days into hanukkah at this we are. point uh, uh kwanzaa, so kwanzaa I, hits I, soon. I don't Kwanzaa sits. I'll be dead honest with you. For some reason, in the back of my head, I think it's before. Well, I'm sure we'll get corrected out of out of chat. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, lots going on. But not Orthodox Christmas. That's next month. Right or, on. <laughs> or, or slightly thereafter. I always get that mixed up. I know it's after Christmas in in the January February oh, time frame. Too many to keep track of. Yes, yes, and uh, and the shift of the new year for other groups and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always interesting. But uh, we are we are eventless. It has been. Life events, but no gaming right now. We're just kind of... Yeah, everybody's kind of on holiday break right now. No, I think um, it's a good thing. Even our, our Tuesday night uh, uh, Stardew Valley games uh, with, with oh, a couple yeah. of my buddies are kind of on hold for the holiday stress and, and hubbub and stuff like that for right now. So. Yeah, and we've got a uh, snowstorm hitting tomorrow for us, so that's going to lock people down a little bit more. Goody gumdrops. Uh, but it's Michigan, so it may not even happen. Right. <laughs> you never know. It's a roll you of dice. You never know. Exactly. Absolutely so. roll the dice. But uh, yeah, so uh, it's, it's been kind of nice in that sense. That gives us a little bit of a break, but at the same time, ramps us up for all of this holiday hoobaloo. A bit and, of breathing room. Yeah. I'm I'm glad for it because I got um, uh, I I you know, pushed myself so hard to have so much stuff ready for my last game, mm-hmm. and then we only got through half the plot that I got written. Sometimes it's a beautiful thing, which is great because that means I get to just use the other half of it, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. flush it out a little bit more than it was because it was a little bit rushed, um, and I get to put together all that uh, terrain that I was planning on getting done. Yeah, the yeah. I kind of, uh, I kind of did the same thing with mine where. I had everything prepared to go in multiple directions, mm-hmm. uh, including a uh, special guest NPC, uh, and uh, or at least voice for the NPC. And uh, then you guys did about half of it, which I kind of expected one half was going to get done at mm-hmm. some level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's still plenty of space to go, but it gave me time to kind of get perspective and decide how I'm going to move into the next part and what level of, of, of uh, energy I need to take with it and let you guys roll. Yeah. Um, yep. So, because you, you, it's perspective is good. Sometimes having a a two part session or a three part session gives you time to reflect and reassess and go. You know, I'm not necessarily going to retcon, but I'm going to retcon some of my ideas and and talk about talk to myself through it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You have the ability to kind of like step back, look at what you had written, and kind of go like, okay, I saw how last game session went. It's not going to really follow that same trajectory. So let mm-hmm. me refocus. Well, not only that, but like I know one of the things I failed to do in my last session, and it took me a little time to like see it myself uh and that was uh at one point i had a player who was uh asking really good questions and trying to come up with a positive way to do discovery and i kind of nixed it and Mm. i didn't realize i was doing it until later that it was a second hand thing that i was doing and i i i came back i was like oh i shouldn't have done that i shouldn't have done it that way It, it wouldn't have made a difference yeah yeah like it doesn't change anything I was kind of just being obstinate in my head and direction, and mm-hmm. I needed to just completely change that mind frame. Just get get back and into being a fan of your player. Exactly. Yep. And I just I was just I was lost in a moment when I did it, and yeah. I was like, okay, well, 
I've seen it. I can accept that. I can make a note and sticky note it on the inside of my screen. Because I think that is the other good thing for DM screens. It's mm-hmm. not for hiding things. It's for reminding you of things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, 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 they're not walls. They're post boards. Correct, correct. <laughs> Mine is going to be like, oh, yeah, there's notes in there of like, okay, this is how this thing runs in 5th edition if you can't freaking remember it. Yeah. You know, or whatever. But having the ability to just have a post that says, like, listen to your damn players and let them do it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? That's one of, the, one of the main reasons I upgraded from my tablet to this laptop is yeah. because I wanted just... I wanted a full keyboard. I wanted to be able to just have all of that laid out for yep. me that I could. No, and I, I think that's a I think that's a huge thing to remind ourselves is that it's okay to make failings, but it's better to make notes and say, you know, the it is far better to have a note that says let your players enjoy the game mm-hmm. than it is to have a note that says decrease the CR rating of this monster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that that note is okay. But that doesn't actually give you any true information because that is going to be flexible. Right. It's mechanical and it's it's never gonna. There's there's no perfection there. But perfecting yourself is much better. Yeah, that, that's actually kind of kind of how this the same way we ended up with uh, with the current arc in uh, in my game too mm-hmm. was uh, you know I I had a player who was trying to dig into yeah. some information that I dropped out there on purpose for their character, and they f- just followed up on it harder than I thought they were going to. Yep. Um, and, and and like in retrospect, I don't know why I didn't think they were going to follow up on it that yeah, hard. Yeah, I dropped a bunch of plot in their lap. Of course, they were going to follow up on it. You know, um, but I did it in the middle of somebody else's plot, and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't have time to deal with you right now. You know, which was just a bad response for me. Um, and so I, you know, reassessed that, and I was like, all right, I am, I am going to retcon just a little bit of the information. Mm-hmm, it doesn't mm-hmm. change any of the events, but the event, the information you got out of talking to this npc is different and we're just gonna take it from there and i'm gonna give you the plot that you were digging for because yeah. clearly you were digging for it and you wanted to find it and this is kind of the therapy session of, yeah, of, sure. of being a dm is you have to be able to objectively look at what your what your players have said and and be the therapist for yourself and say okay well your players said they didn't enjoy this part what were they really saying well they suck no no, no they don't suck no. what were they saying <laughs> like that my plot sucked that's not what they said either <laughs> you know? no that's the brain goblins that's again right. so you you just have to take that moment and say okay what can i learn from this how can i adjust from sure, this and sure. it it helps mm-hmm. it helps to be able to take that moment and the better the more you do it and the more you recognize that you need to do it the better you're going to be yeah yeah so. and, I, and i think it's i think it's really good that we like uh for for listeners too for us to have this discussion here on you know during during yeah. the show even just just short sort of like uh as one of the other podcasts to listen to calls it the preamble ramble yeah yeah um, where we're, it's not, not really our topic but you no. know just shoot the shoot the crap for a little bit before we get into the roll up our sleeves um but it's good to hear that because, uh, you know, even though we do pre- kind of present ourselves as the experts on this podcast, as the hosts, oh hell no, we're we're yeah. absolutely fallible. Oh, Every completely. single game session is a learning session for us. We are still learning. We are still creating new practices, finding new things out, and mm-hmm. uh, you know. So, I, I guess my you know my point is, don't ever kick yourself. Like twenty, we've been doing this for twenty five years. Yeah. And and it's still a learning experience every single game for us. Oh, God. Yeah, we're still idiots at times. Yeah. We're still idiots. We still fail. We still fall back on old things. We still have stress that pushes there. Our primitive DM brains still kick in, and we <laughs> yeah. do stupid things, and we ape out in front of our players. It it's, happens. It's just monkey brain. Something happens you don't like, you hit it with a rock. <laughs> exactly. You scream you, at you it. You say no, and you bang your players with dice, and something, you know, comes out of it. And, and then later, you're like, oh, no, no, that was bad. Uh, that did not work out like it was intended. Yep. So. Yep. 
So we do have a topic, though. We do have a talk- topic, and that topic is is not for the storyteller. Not for the storyteller. Storytellers, you can uh, you can shut the podcast off and right. uh, walk away now. On Players. the other hand, if you're a player, stay on. This is important. We've done this before. We've actually talked directly to the players before on a very similar topic. It's a bit of a similar topic. Um, but I think this needs to come back around regularly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, it was a similar topic. I think, it was, like you said, it was a little bit of a different tone. Um, last time around, it was a little bit of a rant of, like, players, we have a bone to pick with you. Yeah. Um, some of the things we're going to say tonight are maybe will sound familiar if you remember that particular uh, particular episode, but uh, we wanted to talk about how to set your storyteller up for success. And this is more of a constructive argument in in that we want to um, let you know what you can do to make the game better for everyone and make it easier on your storyteller. Yeah, and and we know that there's a lot of storytellers out there who are full-time storytellers. They don't get to play. And Having keeping these things in mind as a player, when whether it's a brand new game that you're just going to and you've never really gamed with that storyteller, or this storyteller has been literally telling you stories for the last ten years of your life, mm-hmm. the all of these things still apply, and you will see where you fall under these categories because I assure you, everyone does. Yep. I don't care if you've been a DM and now you're a player, you fall in this category and you know it. <laughs> so. There are like four jobs that a that a storyteller has yeah. when they sit at a table. There's there's obviously the storyteller, the DM, the GM. However, whatever the game suggests that the tone and 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 naming should be, mm-hmm. which which con- constitutes its own rights and things. There's the teacher, yep, which comes out as as many way as many people know teaching the game not only in a mechanical sense but kind of in a feeling sense. Yeah. Yep. You know, you've got your babysitter. Dear God, we'll get into the details of that, but you should all know that your, t- your storyteller is a babysitter. Cat herder. Yeah. M- mom or dad. Wrangler. Friend. Yeah. However you want to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the event coordinator, which is kind of the most painful at times. Yeah. Like above everything else, that has got to be the most painful, especially uh, in the culture that gaming is. Uh, it, it, it makes it challenging. Mm-hmm. So it can feel very exhausting to wear all those hats. It's it's super exhausting. Um, and, and honestly, like, it's one of the big things that I, I think drives people away from wanting to storytell, you know, oh, yeah. um, is that I think the perception at a lot of tables, um, especially to newer players who don't really understand the culture of, of gaming and stuff like that and haven't been doing it as long as a lot of us have, um, They'll sit down at a table and they see the role of the player is very passive. It's like your, a movie goer. Yeah, your job is to show up and essentially spectate and roll some dice when you're called upon. Right. You know, and then you go home at the end of the night having received this story that somebody else put a lot of time, work, and energy into. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's... It really is exhausting, you know, having mm-hmm. having that sort of one sided participation, um, mm-hmm. and it can it can kill the enthusiasm for a lot of new storytellers. Oh yeah. Um, and so, I, the goal of tonight's discussion is to explain this sort of disparity to the players, mm-hmm. um, but also to make some suggestions of things that you can do to help lighten the storyteller's load to share yeah. things. Because you may you may actually just be showing up, and and uh, I don't want to ascribe malice, no, you know, not to anybody. Least. Like 
this is uh, most of the time this is just uh the, the word is ignorance but i know that that word has a negative connotation i mean it by its dictionary definition and that is simply not knowing mm-hmm. there's no shame in not knowing mm-hmm. there Without is a, there's a very simple cure for not knowing education that's right get in the know you're here you're listening to this podcast you are educating yourself on the topic congratulations you have state you've taken step one congrats okay yes um and so yeah most of the time players just do this out of just out of ignorance mm-hmm. in that it is they don't know what they can do to help the storyteller mm-hmm. they think just showing up is the job that they're supposed to do and the rest of that's out of their control yeah you know? the the cultural colloquialisms of gaming of being a player are not taught. Yeah. They are experienced and discovered. Yes. When they really need to be taught. Yeah. And even if you're a fan of, uh, like, Let's Plays, like Critical Role and stuff yeah. like that, um, a, a lot of the stuff isn't explicitly talked about. You you will see some of the things we are going to talk about tonight happen at, say, Critical Role's table. Yeah. But you're not going to... No one will ever look you in the eye and go, like, you see what Liam O'Brien just did right there? That's the thing. I would love to see honest, mm-hmm. compassionate PSAs from them. Yeah. I think that I would love to see community like Brendan Lee Mulligan and some of the other groups do formal PSAs of how to be a compassionate, honest role player. Brendan, I think that would. Brendan Lee Mulligan might have an Adventuring Academy uh, episode like that. Sure, I, I will, I'll have but... to look into it. I'll see if I can post it up on our Discord if, if but, I do. But I would love to get, like, because, I mean, he is by rote a comedian, a comedic writer. Sure, sure. And PSAs tend to be kind of comedic, but the mm-hmm. truth of the matter is, there's. You can't just throw comedy shade at, you know bringing piles of food for your dm okay that's that's a thoughtful thing but the truth is is that it's about taking care of everyone <laughs> you know kind of a thing so it could be very easily made into comedy and i'd, I'd much rather see it as honest brennan bringing ranting about bringing food for your dm i see you've read further down in my notes just a bit uh <laughs> I, I actually remembered that piece it was pretty funny it was pretty, it was pretty funny. funny so all right let's start with teacher yes i think it's the the easiest one we 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 can we can kind of understand it at a gross level but maybe not at how the player can help other than get good right (laughs) so just to expand upon the teacher role just a little bit um for those of you who have story told a little bit um have you noticed that uh oftentimes you are the only person who reads the book and you spend half of your time telling the story and the other half explaining the rules yeah to your players yeah for multiple game sessions well, because they, they only do it once a week or once a yeah. month. Whereas you have to study everything and you have to know everything to be able to adjudicate stuff on the fly. And that's understandable. That sort of a disparity is understandable. But I have seen far too many players um, have not even picked up the book for the game that they have been involved with for upwards of a year. Mm-hmm. You know? Or looked up quick sheets or just jotting down a note or two about how their own abilities work, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So the first piece of advice that we will as tactfully as possible, um, extend to you, the players, Mm -hmm. RTFM, read, read the the manual. manual. (laughs) There's another word in there. I think you can figure it out. RTFM, read the The manual. manual. Um, know the rules, just get, know the flow of your character at the very least. Yes. No matter what the system is, 
most systems have uh, of of any variety have flowcharts to help you with sure. just just the process. You could probably get it on a sheet or two, but most of all, know your character's abilities. And 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 that that too acts in and of itself a limiting factor for you. You know, I know a lot of players like storytellers. We look at a book. We mm-hmm. look at a three hundred page book because mm-hmm. we do this literally once a month. Yeah, we'll look at a hundred three hundred page book and go. Oh, this is good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to read more of this. Oh, I'm having fun devouring every page of this. Mm-hmm. Most players don't have that drive. No, they they're don't. they've got a lot of other stuff on their plate. Yeah, and that's why they're the players, not the storytellers. You know, yeah. and and I get that. Like yeah. we we absolutely understand that 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 dichotomy there. But uh, so I understand from a player standpoint, you're going to look at a 300 page book and you're going to go. Oh, all right, that's that's homework. You know, I don't want to read all that. And the good news is you don't have to. Okay? In most cases, yeah. You don't need to know every single rule like the back of your hand like the storyteller does. Mm-hmm. But things like how the basics of the most common activities work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you're playing Savage Worlds, you know that your target number is always four. Mm-hmm. You know that you roll the dice that is the, the that is uh, uh, written next to your trait. Mm-hmm. And you always roll the wild die if you're playing a wild card, which you mm-hmm. should be. Mm-hmm. Okay. These are basic mechanics. If you're playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, you know how advantage and disadvantage works. Mm-hmm. You know what number to roll for initiative. Mm-hmm. You know how skill checks works. And you know how to roll attack rolls with both your weapons and your spells. Mm-hmm. Because these are things that are going to happen all the time, right? Yeah. But beyond that, like beyond the the, the, the common... You know, everybody knows how to roll saving throws sort of things. You don't need to know how a wizard works if you're playing a monk. No. I mean, it's it's helpful. You you know it in a narrative sense. You know it that in a narrative sense. That guy could throw sense. a fireball, and that would hurt. That That's all you need to know. Exactly. <laughs> all you need to know is your monk abilities or your wizard abilities or, or just the, the – the, know your edges, know your gear, know your feats or, you know, whatever whatever your game system calls the abilities that are – that are that are allowed to your character. Just know your own character sheet. Yeah. So that you can competently interact with the world. And I would say you're going to have more fun if you do this. Yeah. And in things like Powered by the Apocalypse, where your your character sheet explains to you what your approaches are, mm-hmm. what your 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 natural abilities are, uh, how to communicate through the narrative what you're doing, leans it into your character. Mm-hmm. So studying those things to understand how you create, how you go into an approach, and how you decide to lash out, which are terms that they use, these sure. are things that you need to know in a narrative sense. Games with simpler mechanics don't mean that there's that you don't have to know anything coming to the table. It means you need to know less. Yeah, yeah, and you you can get involved quicker. And as a player, I will say this for the teacher section. One of the ways that you could help your storyteller is by saying, this system may be too involved for the kind of story that I'd like to be involved with. Mm-hmm. Do we have something that's maybe rules lighter? Sure. That's 100% legitimate to ask. Mm-hmm. Your your DM may be set on playing a specific system because that's what they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. But suggesting a system that is a little rules lighter, like moving from D&D to Dungeon World or or to Savage World or to any number of lighter systems because you're much more 
in, you're encouraged as a player because you are there for the narrative, great. Make a suggestion. Mm -hmm. Do a little research. Your DM will appreciate it at multiple levels. And DMs listen. Because this is the, you're not the only one at the table. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. Because it it takes the burden off of them. Mm-hmm. And you've ju if, by removing one more thing off that camel's back, they don't break as easily. Exactly. So. All right. The babysitter role. The parent role. The caretaker role. Wasn't really sure what to call this one. Babysitter might be a little bit harsh, but... Uh... It's, let, let's, let's, let's work through this, this term. Because what we're saying is, much like the babysitter... They're the ones providing the snacks and making sure everyone is taking care of themselves and maintained and that the vibe at the table is okay. No one's crying. Everybody's there for the quiet time. We're all in focused on the story. Have you eaten? Did yeah. you sleep well? How's your headache? You yeah. know, all this stuff. And uh, a lot of times, and I don't know if, again, this is, I think another one of those things, I don't know if many players realize that they do it. Mm -hmm. But when they show up at the table, some players will place that baggage on their storyteller. Or on the table as a whole. Or on the table as a whole. And just be like, oh, I showed up, I, I didn't eat anything. Uh, yeah. Y'all got any snacks? Or they won't even ask for the snacks. They'll make the assumption that they shouldn't ask and just get grumpier and grumpier. Yeah. Because they don't want to bother the storyteller. I will flat out say, if you come to the table hungry, say that you need to eat before it's a problem. Yes. Like, I rushed here. I'm so sorry. I didn't grab a chance to order something. Can I door dash something here real quick just so I can be ready for you? Yeah. I'm sorry if I'm eating in front of everyone. That that would make me a storyteller just fine. Like, I would eat. far rather you take a five-minute break to grab your door dash than, you know, uh, three hours into my six-hour game... Be like, I can't play anymore. Or I'm throwing snicker bars at you to be like, dude, you are yeah. not the barbarian. It's like okay? the Snickers commercials. It, it really is. Yeah. Honestly, Snickers should make a D&D &D commercial. Or I a role would play. like to rage. Would you want a Snickers it's instead? You're yeah. not you. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly the the uh, druid comes back and is petting animals, you know, mm -hmm. and everything's fine. But that's, that's the whole point is that you do change as a person without sleep, without yeah. care. If you literally roll out of bed and roll into game, I mean... Nine times out of ten, you're not all there. Yeah, there's, there's, I, I, I've actually heard people say before, like you, like you, you can tell the difference between a well-rested group and a, uh, a sleep-deprived group because, like, sleep-deprived groups will get real murder hoboey real quick. Yeah, because you just you don't have the patience for it, you don't have the forethought for it. You just you you fall back on lizard brain and you just hit F, it with a rock. F them, yeah. Hit it with a rock. Yeah, that'll solve the problem. You know. Yeah. At the same time, on, on the other side of that, looking at your other players around you and helping them. Yes. If you can check one other player while the DM's, like, scrambling at the last minute to pull things in. Maybe they're having a technological problem. Maybe they're still trying to pull stuff together because they're, they're one of those DMs who are like, oh, crap, I forgot X. Rob? Yeah. I'm going to say, even even regardless. I agree. Your, your, your storyteller is having the best day of their life. Still, check your fellow players. Yeah. And if you can help help still contribute to the well-being of the group if you're able to yep. and again if you're able to like Every look we understand some people are on the needs help end. some people are yes. on the i have the spoons to help end. yes it, that is that's not at all what we're trying to get out of yeah. the you know if you are on the need help end, things yeah. you're on the need help end. In, in the 
in the common spoon pool at the middle of the table. Yes. Take a spoon, give a spoon is all there. Take a penny, leave a penny. <laughs> yes. Right. Only only pennies are, you know, spoons. Yeah. Look up spoon theory if you don't yeah, know what we're talking you're, about. Yeah. But effectively, if you've got a bit of energy to give, give it. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. everyone will be better for it. And I would say, like, this kind of extends to... um. You know, get a group chat going before before the game. Yeah. You know, if you were meeting in person and snacks are a thing, yeah. that is not the storyteller's responsibility. The storyteller has put everything else, like, for me at least, right, I'm working on miniatures, I'm working on terrain, I am make, working on my story, I'm getting Spotify playlists set up to make sure that major beats that I have in my story have appropriate musical cues to Fat them. beats. Um, um, but, uh, you know, these are all the things that I'm focusing on. Yeah. Do I have all of my stuff together, you know? <laughs> am I, am, I'm bringing a whole board full of terrain. Sorry, I'm just getting the Rick and Morty in my head. Get your shit together. Get it all together. <laughs> get it all together. Take, take it to the store and I sell it. I don't care. Just get it together. Um, but yeah, you're, you're literally not only like getting that stuff together, you're bringing it, you're trying to make sure it gets safely, you know? Yeah. Like, and I'm not thinking like, are there going to be Cheetos there? Exactly. I'm not bringing the Cheetos. I am bringing fully painted miniatures and terrain. You get the Cheetos, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm but... not even going to ask. Right. I'm not even going to ask. I am, I am straight up just going to assume somebody else is providing the Cheetos, yeah. you know? Um, you open your house to us every, uh, every, every game. So, cause we play over here. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Uh, so as far as I'm concerned, you have already fulfilled any obligation you had at the table <laughs> just by opening your door and saying, come in. But at the same time, like my Polishness kicks in and I'm like, must feed, must feed, <laughs> feed, must food, feed. food is I love you. This, <laughs> yes. this friend is broken and not fed yet. Feed, feed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, it's, it is you that, the me. <laughs> it is the, it is that check in on discord on whatever the group chat is with the group outside of the storyteller, like include them of course, but be just yeah. like, Hey guys, I'm stopping at the store. Do we need anything? Or can someone stop at the store and grab something? Or, Hey, you seem to be running a little bit late. Could you grab some stuff on your way in? Sure. You know, all of that can be checked and helpful. Yes. Yes. I agreed. have, I have more than enough times been stressed out as the storyteller coming to a game sat down, got all my stuff set up, and realized there were no snacks that I had available, and then a pile shows up mm-hmm. from the group. And I'm like, <sighs> because by a third of the game, all of those bags are open, things are being eaten, people are drinking, there's yeah. a certain energy, and you're like, okay, the food is what was necessary, let's keep rolling. Yeah, that is, absolutely. And that you feel that, and you know that. You yes. know that that's the way it's rolling. Likewise, and I'm going to throw this on the digital side, if you are sitting at a digital screen waiting for your DM, do not make them babysit you. Do not make them babysit you. Yeah. That is time that you are dedicating to them. If you need to excuse yourself, excuse yourself. Mm-hmm. But say that you're making you're excusing yourself. Don't just walk away from a story. Agreed. Agreed. Like there's a whole litany of things to do virtually, but again, do not make them babysit you. That is the worst when you're staring at a screen and you look to go to talk to somebody and they're not even on camera. They're not Mm -hmm. even there. Mm -hmm. And you're like, everybody's just waiting because we have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Are they in the bathroom? Are they dead? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Now, there's something, there's a a tradition that, uh, uh, believe it or not, I did not engage in until I started joining in your games. Correct. Uh, And that is the GM bribe. Correct. Now, this is, I think, an age-old thing. That uh, I had heard of, uh, heard tell of, uh, and when I started uh, doing gaming uh, back in Palladium days, 
was kind of a thing because it was like you wanted your storyteller to give you more XP or some kind of a benefit. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, buttering the GM is not a bad idea. Now, you know? I want to be perfectly clear here. Yeah. We're not legitimately talking about underhanded deals with your GM to make to, not to, in the to least. make your character more powerful and The GM bribe is just the colloquial name for it. We use at our table yes. for essentially just bringing an extra little snack or something. It, for you, it used to be um, a Slurpee. Yeah, I used to love Slurpees. I can't, um, really can't do them much anymore. For me, usually somebody gets me a bag of Sour Patch Kids. I love sour gummies and I, stuff I, like that. I, literally, in honor of this tonight, I have a bag. This is a bag of Airheads uh, Extreme Sour Candies. Yes, which is in, in oh, your favorite. They're little rainbows. They're I little, thought you'd appreciate that. Little gay candies. I love them. <laughs> sour yeah. candies. But I, I wanted to make sure that we had that appreciation going on. And, and the thing is, is, for me, it's a little serotonin shot. Yeah, whether it's sugar, whether it's uh, whether it's just a, a little like a cookie, something like mm-hmm. I I remember once where somebody brought oatmeal cookies for me, and I was like, these are amazing, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I just destroyed them the whole time. And like I may I may not even like I'll, I'll probably eat one or two with the sour candy. Yeah. But like I'm not going to be like mowing down on them the entire no, time. No. But just the fact that somebody thought of me, brought one for me, you know, and stuff like that. Um. It reminds me a lot uh, in function. Um, if anybody, if anybody out there has played Fortnite, oh yeah. Uh, so you fly in on a flying bus. Yes. At the beginning of your matches. Yes. yes. And you you all parachute out of the back of this yes, bus. The party jump bus. Yeah. Um. And so uh, a while back, somebody was like, "Why can't you thank the bus driver?" Yeah. Because in school. When you're getting off the bus, you thank the bus driver for driving yep. you to and from safely. You know, yeah. it's just it's such a little gesture. Yeah. And so and uh, but but Epic Games thought it was great idea. And now you can press a button to thank your bus driver yep. on the way out on parachuting into your Fortnite matches. And for me, the GM bribe is just the thanking your bus driver. It is very much that. And and, and letting let, letting them know that you were thinking of them prior to the game. No, that's not to say that we won't be mowing down on it if it is a culinary snack. And the reason I bring this up is because we all talk about, like, okay, players make sure that you're fed. But, Mm -hmm. like, we also talked a little bit about the amount of energy that your storyteller is throwing into running that game. (laughs) And they are voicing all the NPCs, and they're doing all the narration, and they're keeping track of four to six people at their table, or 11 if you're, you know, Draven. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, uh, you know... They are putting a lot of energy. It may look like they're doing very little, but they are putting out a lot of energy and keeping track of a lot of things all at once Mm -hmm. and making up a lot of stuff in their head and whatnot. It's tiring. And uh, so we we brought up earlier Brennan Lee Mulligan uh, talking about food. Yes. He's got this amazing rant he did about how he's a snacking storyteller but the biggest problem he has is that the same hole that the story comes out of <laughs> is the same hole that the food has to go into that's right and that he could if he could have an extra mouth on his back and just have someone shoveling salami into it <laughs> yes the yes. whole time yes he would he accept that. it he would just accept it <laughs> the, the whole concept of having like a, a gibbering mouth or gm where like most of the holes are just for input and one is for output yes you know? yes but but I you know and, and the thing is it's funny first off you should look it up it's, it's hilarious it's very just look good. look up Brennan Lee Mulligan almond rant and I'm sure you'll find it's it. fantastic um but uh, uh I mean it, it was it was funny because it was Brennan of course yeah. but 
It's true. Yeah. We are putting out a lot of energy, and it's good to have that extra snack. And just the GM bribe is almost not only a way of saying thank you and I see you, but it's also a way of saying, hey, take care of yourself as well. Yes. Yes. You know? Yes. You matter at the you table. You are a player as well. Yeah. Your fun and your well being also matter. There is that. And <laughs> what is it? Uh, that we always say at the end, you're you are not immune to you're your own bullshit. You're not immune bullshit. to your own BS. Yep. That's right. So always remember that. Uh, event coordinator. Event coordinator. With all of the other things, I still feel that this is the most exhausting. It can be. It absolutely can be. This is the most soul crushing of them. Yeah. Honestly. Um. So I know a lot of you out there have regular game nights. We always play on. You know. Well, on Thursdays at at six or whatever, you yeah. Know. Or they're pre-scheduled because they're you're doing it at your local gaming store, so you have to schedule it to yeah. have a table at a specific time, and yeah. that's totally understandable. Uh, you and I, um, we have an older gaming group, yes. Um, so we have an abundance of lives. A couple of us have children, yeah. Um, jobs that call upon us at various times. Mm-hmm. Uh, social events with family or whatnot, yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. So we play once a month. Yeah. Uh, because that's really all we can do. Uh, we also have a couple players who live like more than a half hour away. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, in one case, a little little on the far side of an hour. Um, Probably, I, I would say close to an hour in some cases. And definitely during the winter, it, yeah. it gets worse. Yeah, and especially like if we had tried to play on a weeknight, that would be like rush hour trying to get yeah. in here. Not, not yeah, not going to happen. Not, not going to happen. happen. So, um, so we, we just, we can't play uh, every week. Um, so we schedule monthly games and we just try to make the biggest event out of them we possibly can. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so that means that every game kind of needs to get scheduled around everybody's adult lives. And, uh, uh, especially with three of us trying to run a game, you, me, and the Mad Elf. And some players cross over. Some players cross over, some players don't, so Mm -hmm. it's a little bit easier. I'm in all three of those games. You are in all three of those games. Gleefully. Gleefully. Um... Vicky's in all three of those games. But, I mean, I would say trying to just get the timing on some of those things can be challenging. I think we do a good job coordinating because the the three of us GMs will figure things out and Mm -hmm. kind of work out that timing. But I think it also comes down to the willingness of the players and just remembering to do the scheduling. And because it's it's, it's upon us as the storytellers to do that coordination, it can be very frustrating when players aren't prepared or when they're just expecting you to come up with all the dates and coordinational times and things like that. Yeah. But there's nobody sitting there going, Hey guys, you know, I'm excited for playing for this. When can we play next? I will figure, you know, let's figure this out at the table versus the storyteller trying to get everybody to look at the discord and try to look at the dates and give up the times and communicate with what kind of, problems are going to come up out of that mm-hmm. you know or if players who hold back information or forget information about certain dates and then suddenly are like oh crap i'm out of town for a month what what what, what? we're one week away from game what do you mean you're out of town from you know yeah and yeah and the the truth behind that is is we've we have older players and our players are very good about in this month at some point my company's sending me out of town all right, that's good to know. When we yep. get closer, just keep us informed. I will make sure plots don't revolve around you. Thank you very much. Yep, yep. You know, good, kind of good heads thing. up. Good heads up. You yep. know, but it's and sometimes that's hard when it's week to week. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like if the DM has to reschedule in their head when things are going to happen in the story, 
when certain plot beats need to happen, if they need to rejigger things, they need that information. But they also need to know who's on, who's in, who's ready to do this. It's one thing to say, oh, we'll play if any three players are here. That's yeah. great. But, I mean, that's not great when one player literally leaves off on a statement and you're like, okay, next game we'll pick this back up and that person doesn't show up for three weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that almost happened to me last game. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, uh, you know, player, you know, it was it was Sean's character. Sean, uh, Sean went digging into a plot. Yep. I decided, okay, I'm gonna give you all the plot. We're gonna make this entire game session essentially about what plot information you find. Yeah. This is Thalian Airways plot. Mm -hmm. And then work. an hour before game started, he unexpectedly got called into work. Yeah. Um and. Uh, Unfortunately, he had a, they they had an IT emergency and they just needed him. Yep. And so, luckily, he was able to resolve it pretty quickly. Yeah, came right back. We, we were only we only started an hour late. wasn't bad. wasn't wasn't too bad. We still got to play. Still still had a great time. So I have a that, question but... for you. Uh, and just a, a quick pause. Were you prepared to roll on with something else? <sighs> I could probably have made something happen. But you um, didn't have something packed in the back of your head. The, I didn't. Okay. I didn't because I didn't I didn't really plan for the eventuality. And here's the thought. What I'm saying is that's honest mm -hmm. right here. Yeah. To, to, to our listeners. Y you, after all of these years, were unprepared for that moment in eventuality. Sure. Sure. That's okay. Mm -hmm. That's all we're saying is that's that's okay. Well, it was, and and this, and is I'm the not thing. saying we have to examine that moment. What? Well, no, 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 no. But I, I, I kind of want to because it does feed into something else I kind of wanted to talk about, and that is, you know, the the I like you you brought up the idea of like you know we'll we'll play if any three players show up. Right. But what if you're in the middle of a major plot beat? Yeah. And that's where we were. Yeah. We were in the middle of a major plot beat because I was going to pick up the time because the character went and questioned an NPC that I dropped in. Yeah. And the plot I was going to do was going to be a direct result of information he got from that NPC. Yeah. It wouldn't have made time, made sense for the events not to unfold immediately in the timeline, mm -hmm. you know? But in in looking at it from a different perspective, mm -hmm. and this is just from, from, a, from an outsider's uh, point of view on that story, is you could have set the whole thing aside and, and Sean aside and had events transpose that shifted that timeline. I could have. And allowed the I rest of the group to do something through the night and even the next day, and then he returns with information and the story continues. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have had to give it some thought, and, and I'd have probably started off with, like, interludes to, and that's you know... and, and, and honestly, I think that would have worked out great, yeah, yeah. because those types of moments, especially about Savage World, gives you that breath, but there's nothing to say that you couldn't have said, okay, he's too busy, I'm going to need 10 minutes to, to, to put something together mm -hmm. and roll us into this. Um, and then to look at Sean and just be like, hey, whenever you get back here, we're rolling in. To, I'm, I'm rolling into something else. We will return to yours and return to your character. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at that point. And yeah. just kind of put it on pause. because And that happens. Um, and I think that's perfectly okay. And I think as a player, having a player be accepted, like, if you're tragically late to a game you may be overlooked mm -hmm. story-wise and they may say hey i kind of set your character off to the side because i needed to yeah yeah and and just be understanding that's all i'm saying with that part of it is as a player be understanding 
that you maybe get set to the side and they may be like, hey, I'm going to hand you an NPC to play for this session. Mm-hmm. Because I need I need your character to be a certain place because of what happened. Yeah, sure. So sure. Um, but also kind of I guess kind of kind of getting back to the point though. Sure. Like we have we have strayed a little bit here. Um, uh, I mean not not only that, but like we kind of mentioned earlier, take the initiative to as a, as a player, mm-hmm. take the initiative from your from your storyteller to kind of get the group together and have that discussion about like, when do we want to have next game session or even just saying like, Hey, I had a you know, drop, drop a message in discord and just be like, I had a great time tonight, mm-hmm. you know? And, and just, I'm still, still kind of just jazzed and buzzing about game. Yeah. That's great to hear. Mm-hmm. That's great to hear as a storyteller. Keep that enthusiasm going. We feed off of that. You know, yeah. when, when, when players show up, play their character or not. Right. Um, and then just go home. And we'd get zero feedback from you other than, yeah. you know, roses and thorns at the end of the night. Or worse, it goes so long that you're exhausted at the end, you have no energy, and so we're left with the tired version of you. Yeah. Not the one who is excited and enjoying the game, but the tired version, and that's what the feeling we're left with. The, the tired version that says, that, that whose feedback is, I was exhausted two hours ago, I need to go home. Yeah, and you're like, you know, okay, thanks. Okay. Yeah. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And then... We don't hear anything from you until, like, the next month. And we're left feeling like, did you even enjoy yourself? Which kind of brings me to the third piece, which is the storytelling aspect. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to shift things around here a little bit, time, because I, I think it fits into the statement we just said, which is the, if, when you come back, you often don't recall what happened. And I don't know how much that burns as a storyteller. Now, granted, we are embedded in it. For the last week and a half to two weeks, maybe, depending on how long it's been since the last game, we've been working on it in our own heads. So we're there. We're on it. Like, we we know what the game is. And to have players just show up and be like, oh yeah, where were we? I don't remember anything. Um, I don't know. And have no notes, no follow-up, no conversation. They're just looking to the storyteller to fill them in and, you know, give them the complete synopsis of everything up to that point, yeah. maybe years worth of campaign, that they're like, oh, yeah, right. <sighs> yeah, okay. And you're like, you have no energy because you, you have no recall, and it feels like you have no care. Yeah, my my game that I put all this energy into had that little impact on you mm-hmm. that you have you have no recollection of this place. Uh, yeah, that's, that's rough. That is absolutely rough. Um, and you know, don't get me wrong. Like I, I understand some people, like I, I have a tough time personally hanging on to the vicissitudes of complex plots. Um, you know, I, I, at, at times found the movie Count of Monte Cristo difficult to follow, right? Mm -hmm. Just simply because that many machinations, that many moving parts, that many characters involved in subtle political plays against one another, I tend to miss the subtleties. Um, I tend to get, you know, I, I, I'll get the broad sweeping motions mm-hmm. of things. I'll get the gist of that dude's bad, that dude's good, mm-hmm. that dude's trying to screw over that dude. But like, wait a minute, why, why? Why are we in this scene? Why are we? Why do we care what this dude thinks? Mm-hmm. Oh well, he was trying to bribe this other character, but that other character kidnapped this other character, and that character is that character's mother. And mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, you know, I miss that sort of stuff. And I know that's probably a frustration point for you. 
Um, it is, but at the same, in the same regard, I understand it. Yeah, because I'm embedded. Like I said, I'm embedded on the story side. I know all these pieces. Am I? It, but it also explains, like, am I doing the right job of explaining it mm-hmm. so that everyone has an everybody at the table has enough pieces to keep the story going? Sure, sure. I, I guess my my point in bringing that up though is just kind of to say, like, not all of us are going to get everything. Right. And and I'm admitting to my own failures in getting in getting things mm-hmm. right here on the show, you yeah. know, as as being the first the first foot forward here. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't always get things either. But like if you asked me what the, what happened last game, I could tell you the vagaries of it. We showed up at uh um Everdon. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was uh we brought the uh the the eye stalk and the coffee mm-hmm. and the cloth mm-hmm. back for the NPC who requested them, whose name is D. Mm-hmm. We made a bunch of D's nuts. You did um uh, jokes. Uh, we got our work. Pr- we we consulted with a lawyer. You first did and asked them how to get around the orb of law. Mm-hmm. They had some answers for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we then basically got in on a work visa as mm-hmm. delivery people for uh, D. And made our deliveries. We were very polite about it, mm-hmm. which made D look really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we found the beholder that the eye stock belonged to. Mm-hmm. And we talked to that beholder. And we gave him back his eye stock and turned him back from stone. Mm-hmm. He told us that he was chilled out there with a bunch of the just Justicars. Mm-hmm. That he had also turned to stone essentially to keep them from, you know... The withers of time, mm-hmm. right? For when the time was right, they were going to, like, I guess, rise up and retake the city or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what what all that was going on, but maybe we didn't get the answer to mm-hmm. it. I don't know. Um, and then we returned to D. Unfortunately, we didn't have the eye stock. We were empty-handed. So we then said, hey, we know we're going empty-handed. We talked to his tailor and said, what could we give to the man who has everything? Because we're coming back empty-handed. And they said something that would make him look good. And I don't remember what our solution for that was, but that's kind of where we left off, was was coming back to D and saying, we don't have your eye stock, but. Right. And we literally left off right there with the right but. There. So, I can tell you all of that. That was now, incredible. I don't know. There's a probably a lot of, like, subtle stuff that was going on with the Beholder. There's probably a lot of stuff that was going on with the Justicars that I don't understand, et cetera, et cetera. My character's not really focused on any of that stuff. She's got a, another side quest she's working on. Um, but... I think your players, at very least, should be able to do that. Yeah. What were the major beats that we hit? And it, that wasn't recent. So I, I'm... Thank you. There's a soft applause there. I'm very happy that you hit every one of those chunks. As a single player at the table, you could then communicate to the others who will then trigger events in their minds. Yeah, absolutely. Because everybody takes away a different experience. Correct. From the, you and know? sees a different perspective, grabs a little different edge, focuses on a different part. I know you're focused on Marco and Madeline and killing a certain a certain NPC. Yeah. And yeah. this, those are in your head. So things that roll around that, ways that you can get to that are important to you. Whereas other players are hearing for other components of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and... That allows then that story to ground, but someone has to come forward with that knowledge. And if no one is good at that, someone's better be good at taking some notes. Yeah. To be able to just give a quick outline. 
and be able to iterate back the outline so that everybody can be refreshed. And I know a lot of storytellers will even put like an incentive out there of like, you know, here's a Benny or here's an, uh, an inspiration or something like that, you know, to or here's a drama die to the person who can, you know. Yeah, essentially recite the plot. Who yeah. wants to try? Yeah, you know? and I've I've done that at times when people are like, hmm. and maybe and like, give out like up to three of them for you know contributing sure. answers and stuff of that. Because because balance is a lie. Yeah, don't don't worry about that. <laughs> balance is a crutch. Yeah. So so what else can we do for our storytellers? Uh okay, I massage so... the air here. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um. Well, I think I honestly I think helping out your storyteller even begins before the story starts. I think before you even play your first game, probably some of the best groundwork you can lay for your for your storyteller is by engaging them during the session zero and making sure that you're leaning into their story literally from the first moment. There's a lovely interview with, with again, where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lick the boots of Brendan Lee Mulligan again. There's a lovely interview with him where someone's asking him, like, you know, uh -huh. he goes, I often get times when people are like hey i want you to play in this game and really enjoy yourself so you know just just play what you want You're like what can i play that will be good for your story oh no no you can just play whatever motherfucker listen to me yeah 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 i yeah. am playing in your game how do i add to make your game better yeah like he gets angry about it because so many people are like oh no no you can just play whatever you want like play something you really want to play no stop no we are focused on a story here Talk to me about the story. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You are curating an experience for all of us. Let me make something that fits into that experience. Because the worst, like, we, we've, we've talked about the different types of players before, the mm -hmm. different types of characters you'll see, and, like, one of them is, like, the Hobbit or the 13th Warrior. Yeah. You know, the 13th Warrior, like, okay, we're making a Viking game about going in, you know, on a, on a big Viking crusade. What character are you making? An Arabian poet who doesn't speak the language. Okay. 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 We're right. we're we're a bunch of dwarves, and we're going to reclaim our kingdom from a greedy dragon. What character are you playing? I'm playing a hobbit cook that doesn't want to go on the adventure, and I'm gonna bitch about it the whole time. You yeah. know. Yeah. So that's those are the two sets of players. Now, when you as a storyteller tell a player, "I don't care, just make whatever," the chances of them making a hobbit or a thirteenth warrior go up astronomically because you're not laying the groundwork for them to tell them to, what to do. Yeah. Conversely, when a player comes to a storyteller and says, what do you need in your story? What can I make that would help your story in some way? Or add to it. Or add to it or play into a plot line that you're going to be leaning into yeah. heavily or something like that. Like, that is a gift. Mm -hmm. That is a gift. That shows, first off, even if I don't give you a solid answer, yeah. That already shows that your interest as a player is in making the story better for everyone. And that just is such a beautiful gift, right? Yeah. And and, and I'm, I, to, to something Overwatch just said is I do that all the time. Uh, so what does the party need? It's a cleric. It's always a cleric. And It's always a cleric. You know, I would say class-wise, I think that's accurate. And for a game that's highly mechanical, sure. In D&D, &D, knowing what class you're going to play is important. Yeah. But if the story's narrative, make sure you're leaning into that as well. Mm -hmm. Make sure that, like, you can say, hey, is there something in, uh, I'm coming into the game late. Is there something narratively that would fit? You did this for me. Yeah. When you when you came, you decided to flip over to do Ravana. you were like, hey, what would work? I'm, I'm thinking of kind of leaning into this kind of a character. I'm like, yeah, a guide would actually work. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think a guide is a good character. I think that would 
I can narratively craft that into the story. Looking back, I probably could have, I probably would have given your character a different turn, and it sure. would have changed the game completely. I would have made you a lore master. Okay. Sure. Like, a, like, just because I think it would have completely changed the game in a different direction. But I, on the on overall thought, I was like, no, I can immediately put you into game as a guide. That's mm-hmm. there's no question of how I could fit that in. Yeah. It makes sense for where the story should be going. Mm-hmm. And. For all intents and purposes, it did. Yeah, it did. So, you got another one on here. I do. I actually have uh, two in there. Uh, one that constantly comes back to haunt me with you, which is fantastic and terrible at the same time. Okay, because uh, it's a constant reminder that I I try and I, I always have to put a sticky note on my screen for, uh, which is uh, be in character. Yeah, as a storyteller. It's really easy to use your players' names and not your characters' names. Yeah, it's 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 even easier to screw up and follow the players' leads on the names of your NPCs mm-hmm. and and use the tropes that they're framing up because it's easier for them to remember mm-hmm. versus sticking to your guns of the names of the characters that you should be using. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the NPC cards help, but I think as a player. One of the best things you can do is, A, be your character and use your character's voice. Now, I'm not saying tonally or things like that. You don't have to do that. But speaking from your character's perspective to other characters, mm-hmm. to the NPCs directly, makes for a very different game. And in a, a much more engaging game because it has meaning to the storyteller and to the other players that you are involved. Yeah. You're not just saying, you're not using statements like, well, my character is doing this, right? You can say, you know, uh, Belfour, you know, is going to step forward and attack this NPC and use their name, Mm -hmm. you know, and or, you know, I shout this. So you're actively engaging as that character and speaking to other characters. Yep, absolutely. You know, uh, and this this kind of leads into the next point. Um, I'm not going to make that jump to the next point quite yet, but uh, just the kind of how one of the things that bridges is that um, people tend to uh, read the vibe at the table and gauge their own responses off of it. And so, if you are out of character, you are contributing to the environment of being out of character. Um, and uh, it's kind of like when you're at work, right? If you see a bunch of people standing around at the water cooler talking, you think that it's okay to be standing around at the water cooler talking. Yeah. Right? Because that's the vibe in the room. Mm-hmm. The vibe in the room is relaxed. We're not working. We're not punching a deadline. Maybe you do have a deadline. Maybe you really should be working. But if other people are slacking off, you kind of get that vibe of like, maybe I can slack off a little too. You know? Yeah. Whereas it, it's the same it's the same thing with role play, okay? Mm-hmm. If I've got four people at a table who are all using I statements in character, mm-hmm. you know, one or two of them may be using a voice for their character, you know. Um, uh, Sean as the alien uh, does this all the time, and mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's great. He mm-hmm. was a little he actually uh, he he talked to me a little bit. He's like, I was like, is it is it okay? Like, is it? I'm like, dude, it's great. I mean, is it a is it a theater British accent? No, it's as British accents go, it's awful. But like the fact is you do it yeah, and it puts you in character. It's a character voice. Yeah. And so we know when you're in character 
and you use it as your character's voice, and it says something about your character that your actions and your words don't. Mm-hmm. It adds a snootiness to literally everything you do. It's it's palatable. It's notable. It's there. Yeah, exactly. So, and sometimes, and I'm going to say it, sometimes it's arrogant and bitter mm-hmm. in, in the way that it sits in the room, and that's beautiful for his character. Exactly, because that's his the character. type of character he is. No, it's wonderful. Yeah. It, it, it it puts the right color into the space and, again, brings us all back to the game and the story. Exactly. So when you hear Lord Thalian talking like this to everybody at the table, you're like, okay, yeah, no. In, in, so you know you're not talking around the water cooler. Everybody's buckled down working at this point. And so you're like, oh, maybe... Maybe we should bring it back to game. Maybe we should bring it back to game. It's that nice little reminder. So the more people at the table who are contributing to the air of being in character, the more in character everyone's going to stay. And I think the better the story is going to be for it. And I mean, maybe this isn't like, again, it's a vibe at the table. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all play, you know, beer and pretzels games. Yep. And that's awesome. Nothing like, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Y'all are having fun. Keep your your fun is not wrong. No. But... If you are playing a game where character and story are things that are important to you, staying in character is one of the best ways you can contribute to that. I think the other aspect that kind of sits along with being in character, even for OSR games, is leaning into the game itself. If you're going to have conversation at the table about the game, that's great and all, but Mm -hmm. make sure that it's about the game, that you're not running down a tangent and showing off a bunch of Instagram photos and then talking about some stuff with work right as there's descriptions come at you or combat from other players. Mm -hmm. You you are part of that combat. It's going to be your turn in a second here. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't distract another player who should be quote unquote studying their spells. Yep, you know. Don't or... start don't start talking at the water cooler. Yeah, you know that, that's all part of that discussion. Be engaged. If you need break time, ask for break time. Mm-hmm. But but don't just force a break in the middle where the as the DM kindly gets you and goes, all right, what are you doing? You're like, oh, uh, I'm sorry, what happened? Yeah, yeah. Or or honestly, like even just being dispassionate about because like, I mean, we've mentioned it a couple times before, just being dispassionate about the game. Kills yeah. the enthusiasm for the storyteller and for everybody. Yeah, honestly, and like the exact, but the exact opposite is true. You yeah. know, enthusiasm is going to feed the table. And I think that's where, like, we step into the last one, which is the concept of that first follower. Yes, which is we've used it before as a term, and that's the idea that like, uh, you, you have the initial idiot, mm-hmm. which is which is where the first follower comes in. You have that person in, and the concept is like you know. Dancing at a concert in an open air area, like people are sitting down, they're all watching the concert. No one's dancing, but you see one guy get up and he just starts dancing in this open area. Nobody does anything; they just see him. But then, like somebody randomly walks up to join them. Mm-hmm. That is the first follower. Now there are two people dancing. Now it's a community. Yeah. Usually, that first follower has a friend or someone else who's with them who will then join them. Now it's becoming a herd. Yeah. And within a very short spin after that. Everyone's dancing, and the people who aren't feel like they should be. Exactly. And that's the concept that works in over and over again. That is a standard herd movement. You can see it in animals. You can see it in people. That is how things move. That first follower yep. after the initial idiot is what makes things happen. So your idiot at the table is your storyteller. I'm sorry. It's the case of all things. They're trying to get you to be in character. They're trying to be there with the story. That first follower needs to be there for them. Yep. To drag, drag, drag everyone back to the story. And and we get it. Like, we've, we've all been there at the, at the table. We were all new ones where, you know, you're kind of, uh, I'll say it, embarrassed to role play. 
you know, or to you, be you're, engaged. You're just you're just uncertain about you know. Well, uh, you know, Sean. Sean is not a new player by any means. No. But even when we're driving home, and he's like, "Is it okay if I do the voice?" Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful that you do the voice, you know. Yeah. But there's that there's that sense of self consciousness. There's that sense of embarrassment of putting yourself out there and performing in front of your friends, or even just explaining a rule. Like if maybe you don't think you know the rules, but you're about to say like, "Hey, couldn't we do it this way?" Mm-hmm. Th- that's engagement. Yeah, engage. Even if you're, you, you try. Sure. That you may stumble. Sure. And everybody will be able to like. Actually, that's not going to work. But that's a good idea. But putting that out there invites everyone else at the table to act the same way as you. Correct. To say, okay, well, I'm. I might feel weird about it, but Sean's doing a s- silly, you know, low quality British, you know, knockoff accent. Uh, yeah, whatever I'm doing is, like, half as embarrassing as that. Let's go, you know? The first time you did interludes, yeah. you were surprised who your first follower was. I was. And everyone at the table joined. I was. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Somebody who doesn't normally step up to tell the, a story The person did. who who runs away from the spotlight actively was like, I want to do the interlude. We're like, all right. Okay. The spotlight is yours, you know? And, and told a beautiful and thing. And told a beautiful story. Yeah, absolutely. And so... Again, you can be the first follower at anything, mm-hmm. but if the story is starting to flutter because people are starting to drift, be that person to step back in with the storyteller and engage. Yeah. Yeah. Be the first follower. Follow right. that idiot in the dark. I think we have beaten this one into the ground enough. Players, we love you. You are the heartbeat and blood flow of all of our games. Let's get some questions. Let's get some questions. Uh, JGenX... Most cooperative TTRPGs assume that the players will work together in some way. Yes, they do assume that. Mm-hmm. Based on my experience, lone wolf characters and passive characters have a tendency to not engage with the group or even be in direct opposition with the group. Yeah, I agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. Should new players avoid playing these types of characters? God, yes. Experienced players should avoid <laughs> playing these types of characters. Yes, I agree. I think I think unless you're playing an OSR where the group is forced to be a group, literally forced to be a group, mm-hmm. uh, those types of characters are terrible. Um, how can GMs and players include these characters without disrupting the game? I, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and just say that by their very existence, lone wolf slash passive characters are disruptive to the game. I don't know that there's a great way of including them because, okay, because passive characters are like brick walls. You can try to include them everywhere, but they're just not going to engage because by their very nature, they are passive. I think the only time where I've seen it successful Mm -hmm. and it it is tends to be in indie games where these kind of characters can flourish Mm -hmm. is that there's other mechanics that draw them back a bond a quest, a requirement. The reason why Strider was around with the Hobbits was because he had to do a job that mm-hmm. involved them not dying, right? Mm-hmm. He knew what he had to achieve, and the only reason why he was being as standoff as he was was because he didn't want anybody to know who he really was or in his, in any of his involvement with said ring, right? But but again, I don't know if he counts as a lone wolf character though. In in an aspect, he was he was he was silent. He was kind of a separatist. But the story drove him to meet with the other characters, and I think that's the difference: is that a lone wolf cannot remain a lone wolf. 
a passive cannot remain a passive. Yeah, that is okay. how it works. Okay, so there is, has to be elements that draw them into the narrative with the group. As long as you're planting the seed of a later of, of a later flower to bloom. Correct. Of of character development, then you know, if you start off one way and then like as a lone wolf character learn to get along with others or something. And like it that, is a path. Know? There is a direct path sure. that you have plotted with your storyteller of saying, Okay, these are the elements that you as a player must bring. Mm-hmm to mm-hmm. be able to do that, then I think it could work. But yeah, it should okay. not be a new player's character ever. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would dare say, again, like, you're going to have some explaining to do as an experienced player yeah. to get one of those at my table. If I if I had to say anything for new players at any table, if, the, if the, your first character should always be outgoing, connected, 100% trusting of the group, and above all things, ready to go. Like, they need to be... The most active person, because it's hard to d- keep that energy level, but by having that energy level, you will do all the things. Mm-hmm. You will be involved in all the things, and everybody will be involved with you. Yeah. And then you can always learn what aspects you want to switch to later. Yep. And and other characters you want to try, but start try that. Start by going with that direction, and you will be very surprised. Mm-hmm. All right, so Nevum asks... A series of questions. A uh, series of questions. Uh, I have uh, a precise idea of the character I want to create, but it doesn't fit exactly in the group or story. Should I keep the concept or not? Throw it on the shelf. Um, That's my personal opinion. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a slightly different answer. Go right And ahead. that is, run it by your storyteller. Oh, always. Because just like, just like with Ravana, uh, my, my character, my, uh, my ice wizard in your game... Um, <laughs> I was like, hey, uh, I've got this character concept. And you were like, all right, the group is here. The group is maybe going there. Oh, okay, hold on a second. I see a way in which your character could work. Right. And you and I collaborated on a way to make their backstory um, something that fit into your existing plot. Mm-hmm. And boom, dropped it right in. Yep. Um, you may not think your character fits exactly in there, but if you're willing to be flexible on one or two points, your storyteller can often find a way to make things work. But it requires the initiative of opening yourself up to change. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about change like your character's, you know, whole backstory, but like, you know, if you're like, oh, well, I came from Kingdom A, and they're like, what if you came from Kingdom B? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I mean, I'm not telling you you can't play a Hexblade Warlock. Right. I'm just saying your Hexblade Warlock has a slightly different nationality. Right. Okay. You know, we yeah. can work with that sort yeah. of thing. And the one thing I will say is if you are car- if you are bound by the mechanics, you're, you're like, I've always really wanted to play a spell-slinging uh, archer. Mm-hmm. You know, where all of my, you know, I want to get to a point where my character basically is a, a super arcane archer. Like, that's the thing that I want to do. Yeah. Then care less about the narrative. Let them help craft the narrative and fit them into the story. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you're like, I really want to be a fallen aristocrat who who is hiding that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I killed somebody that I shouldn't have in, an, in in the aristocratic circles. And if it was found out that I'm alive, it would mean shame to my family. So I'm hiding. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see if we can make a character around that. Sure. That fits in the story. Sure. And... Find the the strongest aspect of what you want to do, and then let the storyteller help craft it in the story and be very yeah. flexible in that regard. Yeah. But don't be like, I really want to play an aristocratic character who's fallen from the thing, who's a, you know, undead night blade. And it's, 
okay, that's that's very, very, very narrow. Mm-hmm. Like, no, uh, your character's undead, and we have a paladin in the group who who's a mainstay. Uh, uh, this isn't going to work. Yeah, and I I think part two of this answer is be ready to take no as an answer. Yeah, one and just shelf it. But but run it but run it by your storyteller yeah. if it means something to you. you yeah. Know? Yep. Uh, so he asks, then, uh, I have a social character which loves to speak to NPCs. How do I tackle these situations without encumbering others with my too long talk? Oh, boy. Yeah. This is what we call D&D for one. Yeah. Um, I I think that uh, the best thing that you can do is remember spotlighting. Mm-hmm. Work with your storyteller to have spotlight moments to allow your character to have your social combat. And remember that social combat can include other players. Yeah. Yep. Include somebody else with the story. Even if you're using them as arm candy mm-hmm. to 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 flower up and sugar up the situation, go you know, lean into that. At least one other player at the table has a chance to give input, has a chance to even again, like you said, if they're just arm candy and they stand there the whole time, they've at least experienced it. Their character was there. They can have input about it later. They can react to it. They can feel some way about yeah. it. Always, always bring somebody with you if that is your. And even if the conversation is spont is spontaneous, mm-hmm. you know, meta and look at another character and be like, "Hey, uh, drift into this scene." Yeah, and I I would say also um, don't be afraid to fall back on your skill rolls mm-hmm. um, to simulate lengthy conversations. I think it's a great way to do it. Uh, and just be like, okay, you know, you guys clearly are going to shoot the crap for the rest of the night. We're not going to role play forty five minutes of you drinking beer with this dude. And you know, what are you trying to achieve? Stories. What is your end goal here? Yeah. What are you trying to get out yeah. of him? I'm just trying to make him a better friend. Great. Okay, roll a persuasion check. Congratulations, you got a raise on that. All right, he's that means is his attitude towards you improves too. You come away from it laughing and cheering and sharing stories all through the night. He thinks well of you. He thinks well of you. Next. Yep. Um lastly, how can I draw during a game session other players into my character plot and backstory? Always invite at least one other player yep. on any activities your character is taking towards their personal plot. And make sure that they're engaged in that event with you. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, I don't say, to, you know, don't, don't pick them at random. Mm-mm. You know, like, hey, uh, you know, to give an example from my own game, you know, Thalian is going down to the docks. Well, Thalian is, doesn't even have a fighting skill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he carries a rapier, does not know how to use it. Yeah. Um, uh, it does not have any combat damage dealing spells either. They're all support and control spells. Um, I'm going down to the docks. I know that can be a rough part of town. Rigar, you have a gigantic sword. Would you mind coming with me and watching my back down there? Yep. Cool. That gives a perfectly in-game reason for Thalian to want Rigar to come with him. Yeah. That involves Rigar in the in the scene, mm-hmm. so that way if anything happens, there's at least one other character at the table who has input yeah. into it. Yep. And that brings it all back to the group. Yep. I agree with all of that. Mm-hmm. All right. Huluvu asks, if I want to take the story in a direction that the GM doesn't seem to be going, how do I approach the GM in a way that respects them and lets them know my feelings or thoughts? Just talk to them. Yeah. Be very honest. We've we've had long discussions about mm-hmm. Ravana in your game. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, outright from... 
the idea of like, I don't think Ravana fits in your story anymore. Mm-hmm. And you were like, oh, tell me a little bit about that. I'm like, well, you know, you changed the whole paradigm of the story. She was there to do a particular job. That job is no longer applicable. Mm-hmm. Everyone she knows and loves is dead. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have any attachments to this world. Nope. As far as I'm concerned, she's honestly thinking of just joining one of these tribes and being their, you know, wise woman. And I was I was 100% ready to say, okay. Yeah, exactly. I said, but, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know that I, I, I don't know that I want to do that. Right. But if that's where the story takes her, that's where the story takes her, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had a long conversation about, okay, well, what, what is she looking for, you know? Right. You came up with the, the the Madeline and Marco plot line to give her a new family to glomp onto, a new place to call home. And I grabbed onto that because that's exactly what she was looking for. It's just yep. something to call home on yep. the side of the terrible events that happened. Yep. And I gave you the I gave you an out if you wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, and, you know, you'll you'll find that if you do have a storyteller that cares about making their plot the best thing that it can be, um, if you want to go off in a weird direction, just let them know. Uh, like, hey, you know, you dropped this. My character's really interested in pursuing that. And just by having that conversation, what you are doing is you are letting... First off, you are warning your storyteller, I may try to pursue this. Mm-hmm. So... Start thinking about what the outcomes of that are now. Yeah. So that I don't surprise you with it and have you make it up on the spot at the table. Yeah. But second off, they may have some input about it. Yeah. You know, they may tell you like, okay, uh, you can pursue that, but I'm warning you right now that's going to remove you from the game because, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever reasons they might have, you know. Right. Um. But yeah, you should have some back and forth with them. And yeah. the, the 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 best best possible outcome is they go, that's a great idea. I'll start working on it. And then when you do ask about it in character, it is a fully flushed out, ready to go plot. Yeah. And one of my favorite ones that I read about was a, a DM who was talking about this. And he said, I had a player who uh, literally, like we were halfway into a, uh, into a plot line. Mm-hmm. I had a few NPCs that they were they were getting to know, but like they didn't seem to care too much about them. But one of the NPCs, I had literally had a note that said how they were going to find the body of that NPC. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, because there's some investment there. They've talked to him enough times. He has weight, like they has things that they need and information, and they're going back to him and they're going to find him dead. And now all of his stuff has been sacked out of his place and taken, so they're going to have to follow his stuff. Mm-hmm. And during the dinner, like during our break. Uh, one of the players came up to me and said, hey, um, I kind of want to beat the group back to this guy's place. Okay, what do you mean? Well, I want them to find me with him. What? Yeah, I'm kind of, my character's interested in him. I, you know, I got those gifts and stuff like, oh, you weren't bargaining buttering him up. You, you wanted to have a relate. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And so I. At that point, I kind of sucked it in. We're like, oh, finding him dead would be really bad for this plot. And I went, okay, we're going to do a micro scene then that's going to happen literally just before the group shows up. Sure, sure. And I want you to, I'm going to explain what you see, and then you're going to tell the players what they, the other characters they see when you show up. And they're like, oh, that's perfect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they all sat down, and he just scribbles out dead and writes missing bloodstains 
Oh, and, I, okay. and so he read the whole thing about the room being sacked, like this person basically coming in with a bottle of wine and finding the room sacked and like everything tossed and clearly a scuffle and some blood stains, And like the important documents are gone. Mm-hmm. And the person I said, so it's been 45 minutes. Where, what does the group see as they come in? Mm-hmm. And the person turned and was just like, I'm on my knees sobbing and clutching his bed sheets. Yeah. That are covered in blood. Uh-huh. And the first thing out of one of the characters' mouths was, I'm investigating. Did someone die in this room? Mm-hmm. No. They were clearly taken. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, okay, we got to find him. And just one of the players was like, is his stuff here? And it was, you shut up. We need to find him now. And yeah. I was like, and the stuff doesn't matter anymore now. Yep. And it was like that little thing, that little bit of communication changed the entire drive of the plot. Oh, and that yeah. player drove to find that person. Yeah, absolutely. And it was like, I wanted to kill that NPC. And now I had my new MacGuffin. Yeah. I didn't need stuff. I had a MacGuffin. This is such a gift when a player comes to you and goes, hey, here's an angle you probably weren't thinking of, but your plot has engaged me in a way that you probably, like, you don't know. Yeah. And I want to tell you about it, and I want to give you the opportunity to to incorporate that into what's going on. And and he even wrote, he said, at first I was kind of offended, because Mm -hmm. I had written a beautiful scene that was going to be impactual for the whole group, and I honestly didn't think they were going to take it. And I was kind of like what? Like, I, now I have to, uh, uh, and then I just stopped and I hit, nope, need to reset my entire brain and go, what does this give me? Mm-hmm. Stuff is not important. The person is important. A person can be used. Okay, I've got it. And yeah. I, it, it took me five to ten minutes to just, to wipe, you know, wash my brain and retry. Yep. And I think that's, I think when you can do that, when you can take those pauses and communicate with your storyteller and your storyteller is accepting, that's wonderful. I think you could do the same thing with other players. Mm-hmm. You can look at another player and say, hey, my character's really interested in exploring this part of their backstory a little bit more. Are you willing to go with me on this journey? And go with them. Mm-hmm. You know, explore that just a little bit. Absolutely. All right. We're going to wrap up for the night. Uh, yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about our, our last show. Of, yeah. of 2022. 2022. Episode 191. God, we're almost at 200 episodes. I know. I know. Which is not nearly as massive as going into our fourth year. Jeez, oh, Pete. <laughs> we're so old. We are We are ancient at this. And in content, we are ancient. Like, I've, I've got so much engineering work that I'm going to have to do to get us caught up in other systems. And... Now, there's a lot to talk about for the end year. And for those of you who haven't been with us year after year, our last uh, our, our last session, our, our therapy session of the year uh, on, on our podcast here is is freeform. We usually don't have much of a of an outline. We talk we have some things that we we, yeah, we, we do recaps yeah. and stuff like that. But one of the things that we do is we open up our live chat to everyone. Mm-hmm. So 
if you've got the time to join us uh, for our next Wednesday, please come. Live chat will be open to all listeners, whether yep. you're new or a contributor or a Patreon member. It doesn't matter. You guys can all be in the live chat and join us, and we would love to have you. We'd love to talk to you and and have you be part of it. The more the merrier, without a doubt. Absolutely. Come hang out with the other with the other listeners and yeah. uh, you know shoot us some questions like live on the air. Um, as we say at the end of every episode, we stream live at mixlr.com. Mm-hmm. slash storyteller dash conclave yep um and that's at 7 and... p.m eastern time yeah I'm so gonna... you listen to the show live jump in the discord <laughs> talk on uh talk to everybody else in the, in the in the live chat shoot us some questions whatnot we'd love to hang out with you Th- thank you overwatch this is the uh the gif got posted in chat of uh of uh titanic it's it's been four years <laughs> <laughs> I think it's supposed to be, what, like... It's been 84 years, years is yeah, the actual yeah. quote. Yeah, but yeah. blacked out the eight. So it's yeah. just, it's, it's been, been four years. years. It's, it's true, it's true. <laughs> but I will try and get the MixLR link and some of our other links up there. But yeah, and honestly, we'd love to hear your feedback about how the last year went, how our 101s went, what you'd like to hear more of. What your all... favorite show is, uh, yeah. you know, what type of content you've enjoyed out of us, uh, what type of content you haven't enjoyed out of us and would like yeah. to see less of. You yeah, know? What, what, what things in the community we can add to you know whether it's indie stuff whether we need to lean into osrs whether we need to talk because like we want to stick more to our narrative that's what we do yeah um but obviously you know we talk about systems all the time and how that mixes in with it so we had a uh, and i think i mentioned this earlier we had a couple people join our discord basically just like hi i am here i love the community and i love the show (laughs) and everything like that but i am here specifically to say you guys really need to uh look into the cortex system uh, you guys really need to look into Blades in the Dark. Uh, you know, hit a couple, couple of those. So, uh, you know, don't be shy. Drop in. Give us some, give us some suggestions, man. Yeah. We have to, we have to chart out at least the next six months or something uh, like that. It's gonna be we, a lot. We, we could use your ideas. It's always painful trying to rack our brains for stuff like this. So. Anyways, uh, we're going to wrap up for the night. You can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave. Listen to us or, uh, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. Listen to us live every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time on MixLR.com slash Storyteller dash Conclave. And uh, once again, our list, uh, join us on our Discord. Our link is on our Twitter for as long as that exists. Yeah. And our website, StorytellerConclave.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon members who help us out every single month, especially our name members, Knox in the Box, Seb, Jet, Sam, the Arcane Asylum, Sparkle Motion, Veteran, Hulavu, and Sean. We really appreciate all your support. Our pre-show music is by Arcane Anthems. You can find that at patreon.com slash arcane anthems. Our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find that at geefrog.bandcamp.com or on Google Music. And our outro music, which you're hearing right now, is Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find that at freemusicarchive.org. And big shout out, as always, to our families, Vicky and Sean. Thank you so much for thank loving you. and supporting us. All of our friends who've sat at our tables over the years to give us these great stories to share with you and you, every single one of our listeners. Merry Christmas, Happy Yule, Happy Hanukkah, Happy all that jazz. Um, and have a great night. We love every one of you. Love you guys. Good, Good night. night.